I'm just holding a, this is going to sound really weird. I'm holding a toilet roll in one hand and a curtain rail in the other hand and just pushing them into each other. Where are you recording? Okay, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 54 of the podcast, a chance for us all to escape the real world and talk a little bit of nonsense about music. And today, it's uh, I'm joined, as always, by Sam and Fran. Hi, Matt. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my brain just stopped working halfway through. I was like, yeah. I, I said I said the bit at the beginning, and and then I was like, what happens next? I mean, my favorite part um, was you called it just the podcast, if it's the as if it's the only podcast that exists. Well, it should be the only podcast because. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't know, this is the Picky Bastards podcast, <laughs> the podcast in which we talk about music, specifically four albums that are new, one classic album, and one um, introducing either playlist or album that this time me as host I'm going to tell you about. Right? You remember what we're doing here? Yes. Yeah. Well done. Cool. Well done. So, so what are these <laughs> albums? The the new releases are going to be Tombolin with I Don't Know Who Needs to Hear This, Bob Violin with Bob Violin Presents The Price of Life, Arcade Fire with We, Tank and the Bangers with Red Balloon, the classic is going to be Aesop Rock with Labor Days, and I'm going to be talking a little bit at the end about Silent Shout by The Knife. And so just, just clearly it's Bob Villain. I just wanted. I just. Wanted I was going to gonna say villain. that, like, it's clearly Bob Villain. It's clearly Bob oh, Villain. It's clearly a play on Bob Dylan yeah. and Villain. I mean, it's clearly not Bob Violin. He's a villain. You see? Yeah. I was reading it like a violin. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Which, which, which isn't even <laughs> like spell anything close to. <laughs> you're you're having a horrible start to this podcast, as, wow. just in terms of the words that you're saying. I just want to put that out there. But anyway, yeah. carry on. Well, I I don't. <laughs> I don't need words. Words don't I matter. You, I love you, but it's yeah. It's it's the it's the music that matters, right? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Let's I've posed two questions to <laughs> Sam and Fran, and we're we're gonna get get um, use these questions to get kickstart. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I can't stop laughing now. Um, uh, thanks, thanks. So sorry. we're gonna start with a question for Sam. Yes. Um, and so these questions are actually because I've done a lot of traveling recently and I associate music with traveling. So I've got two forms of transport that may be most appropriate. Um, Sam, what is the best album to put on in a car? Yeah, so um, there's only one of these albums that I think I actually put on in the car more than once. Um, I did try them all. And mm -hmm. this was the only one that was kind of allowed to be played more than once i'm not even <laughs> sure if that's a compliment um but it's um arcade fires uh album we and um i i chose this i kind of regret choosing it a bit because it's it's not arcade fire at their best i, I don't think anybody is going to come to this album and go wow this is the greatest thing that this band has ever done but i also think it actually does a pretty good job of like summing up like where they are in their career. Um, you've got a kind of like really soaring, uplifting moments, uh, like the lightning um, songs made for like big crowds in like the venues that Arcade Fire play and like, um, but then 
and that's great in the car and that's the sort of thing that i usually put on um when i'm when i'm in the car um but then you also have some of <laughs> some of the worst lyrics that i've probably ever heard um and i kind of feel like winning the band think they're really like poignant Mm. um which is part of the problem because they're really not um there's a song that starts with like i unsubscribe i unsubscribe (laughs) don't believe the hype and it's kind of like that song could be something um i think it's end of the empire and it really isn't um the, the sort of lyric lyrically this album just really isn't the one and um, <laughs> it's really it's really hard because i'm i'm actually a really big fan of arcade fire and i i feel like um musically this is a real big step back for them into a sound that they maybe were doing seven eight years ago i think it's it's not really the sound that they've had on the last two albums um the last one was very divisive for the fans um everything now um it there was some genuinely painful music on that i don't think anything <laughs> is painful here if you kind of ignore the lyrics i think the mu- musically it's it's quite exciting and i think there's some really interesting stuff i, I really like unconditional uh one lookout kid um i think that's probably the best song here um it feels designed for their live show um but then that song becomes a second part of that song called race and religion and it's like the lyrics to that song are just so strange. And it's like, I want to be your race and religion. Like, what, what does that even mean? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I find myself in a weird place where I think, personally, I'll probably be the one that likes this album the most. Um, they've returned to a kind of typical sound of them. Um, and in some ways, that's good, because it's not some of the shit that was on the last album. But also, I... I sort of go, but it's nowhere near as daring as that was. At least they were trying something new um, where they've kind of, they've done this, but a lot better than this album. Um, so it's it's like both of those things. That, they're kind of like U2 at this point. Like they're a band where the music is just there to add a couple more songs for them to do in the live show. And and I feel like those songs are here. I think The Lightning and Lookout Kid are those songs, and that's fine, but that doesn't really make a a complete album, <laughs> which it feels like they think this is. Um, yeah, so I think you two are going to absolutely hate this. <laughs> so that's just... We're just going to go into that. Go on, Fran. What do you reckon? Oh, okay. Well, listen, um, anyone who's listened to this podcast or, or followed us... Picky Bastards in general, I've not been particularly shy about my dislike of Arcade Fire in the past. I'm pretty sure you guys think you already know where I've landed on this. And I'm pretty sure Sam chose it because he assumed I would hate it and he wanted to make me suffer. Um, But you know what? I didn't mind this album. Um, In fact, if I'm being honest, it made me realise I'd been wrong about Arcade Fire all along. And and now actually... I actually think they're the best band in the history of music. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So I've, I've stopped listening to Radiohead. I've stopped listening to The National. I've, I've had my tattoo, my Radiohead tattoo lasered away. I've replaced it with an Arcade Fire one. Um, I think it was actually the profound lyrics of the song where he keeps saying, rabbit hole, plastic soul, that did it. <laughs> or Sam's just mentioned the song where he talks about unsubscribing. I mean, I think he was really cleverly, cleverly trying to sound really up to date at the same time as sounding like Jeremy Clarkson tweeting about YouTube. 
I just I don't understand how you couldn't love this album. But obviously, I'm being sarcastic. It's a total steaming dog turd of an album. Um, I hate this band. And this is by far the worst <laughs> thing I've heard by them. Um, I think it sounded, the, thing, the couple of things that it reminded me of, one was like, if someone made a musical about Coldplay in 20 years, this would be the music. But also, do you guys have you guys both seen The Office, the Ricky Gervais version? Of yeah. course, yeah. You know when he um, has a band, I think they're called Foregone Conclusion, and there's a yeah. couple of times when they come back for the specials where they make a video of it, and it's just him in a mm. in a t shirt in a fucking building site. It, it reminded me of that as well. Like it's that cheesy, um, and the bit the the biggest letdown for me. And we'll talk about Bob Villain shortly. That was such an energetic album, and then it finished, and those plinky plonky keys at the at the start of Age of Anxiety came on, and I just lost the will to live. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, there haven't been many albums in the history of Piggy Bastards that I've been unable to actually listen to all the way through. Usually, they were um, you know the screamy death metal ones that Nick used to pick all the time. Yeah. But actually, this was more unlistenable to me than any of them. It's it's cheesy, it's nonsensical, it's whimsical. Um, I couldn't ever sit and listen to the whole album. And it's only 40 minutes. I had to sort of take breaks each time and, and come back to it and listen to something else in between. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you did torture me, Sam, which I think was I, what you planned and to this, do. No, because the thing is, I I still think that, like, Arcade Fire have had some great albums and this just isn't it. And I, I that's why I kind of... It is of the re- worst thing I've heard. It's by why him. I kind of regret choosing it. And- yeah. Obviously, I hadn't heard it when I chose it. So, um, would they ever be a band you would do? You, do you like them enough to do like a "Why I Love" on them? Because I'm not sure. Not probably not now. Because I mean, yeah. we've just had you've just described this as <laughs> a steaming pile of turd. So maybe yeah. not. Um, well, but- my last note was I actually generally think I'd rather listen to Coldplay or Ed Sheeran than this band. Actually, at this point, I really? think they are probably one of the most overrated bands in the history of music. I just don't get them, and this this really sums up that for me. Um, I think they've done one song that I liked. And okay. that was right at the start. So which yeah. yeah, which song? I don't know the name of it. <laughs> um it was the really big one off the Wait, first oh. album. Wow. I'm, I'm not gonna like, sit here and try and guess the name. There was like three or four um, big ones, but yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. Underneath the up. covers, the chorus says something about underneath the covers or That's Wake um, Up. I think. Is it Wake Up? I think so. I yeah. like that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's leave it there. That's me. <laughs> Matt, where'd you land? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm not gonna have too much dissimilar to say. It feels like there's been a recent run of artists where I'm just asking the question of why is this album existing? Um, yeah, like mostly artists from the early 2000s, late 90s, like Placebo and Block Party, where they are making albums that are just aping themselves. Uh, like it's, I feel like originally Arcade Fire traded in nostalgia and mm. like a lot of their albums were about growing up being a kid becoming an adult and things like that and there was so much authenticity to it um and it it kind of had this kind of immediacy to what what they were saying but now there's almost like this nostalgia towards 20 years ago when they were in a band (laughs) and to this so it's just it's it's a it's a photocopy of their original selves um there were moments that i liked but they don't think there was any song that carried an entire song that i liked um like i think the last few minutes of the opening track when the build at the beginning actually starts to pay off i think is pretty good 
Um, I actually quite liked Unconditional too, but I, I wasn't paying attention to the lyrics. Um, <laughs> but I also have a soft spot for any time uh, uh, Regine is singing instead of Wynn. Um, I, I Just because he often... stopped singing there, is that the main reason? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think she she often is like singing when it's a more interesting song. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, like... I, d- I didn't really listen much to their previous album. I give it a, a try and wasn't too interested. Don't. And I would have <laughs> probably done the same with this one. Yeah. And their, pre- previ- their first three I loved and Reflector I really quite enjoyed as well, which I know is also a yeah. more divisive album. But this is just... Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the last the, This and the last one I would put in the same category. And it's quite sad now, really. Yeah. I do, I do think, like, because it was seemed like they were trying to do something different, going in a different direction. They had lots of interesting ideas and inputs for the fourth album, and then it's just, yeah. Now, just let's just do stadiums, and that's 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 all that matters. But it's hey. always just been plastic, bombastic awfulness. That's all I've heard from this band. But I didn't well, mean to make those uh, words rhyme, but they did. Yeah, that was, that was, I thought you were rapping for a second. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just had two words that came Bars out. Bars from Fran right but... now. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually um... one of the lines from Mr. Bombastic. <laughs> Should we move um, on? Yeah, let's move on. So we're switching over to Fran now. That, um, for your main mode of transport. My only best album. <laughs> best album to put on while you go walking. Okay, well, seeing as most of my walks right now happen really early in the morning as I'm trying to get my daughter to sleep in the pram. Um, they usually often require quite a big shot of energy. So if we're looking at this playlist for energy, it can only really be the Bob the Bob Violin album, as Matt would say. Um, yep. So I, I can't actually think of many albums that are more energetic than this that I've listened to in, in quite a long time. I think it's frantic, it's furious, it's relentless, um, and it has accompanied me on an awful lot of walks this month, like every other day probably. This has been my album to listen to in the morning. Um, I think if you need to wake up and blast away the cobwebs, then there's not much better out there at the minute. Um, So clearly I I love this. Um, I think it's a really incredible, interesting mix of genres. I think um, one of the comparisons that came to me was actually the Turnstile album, Matt, that was your album of the year last year. Um, But I think it does what that album does in a much more British way, which appeals to me much more. Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not quite as shiny. It's a bit more raw, um, but it does. It uses elements of punk. It uses elements of hardcore. It uses obviously elements of rap. But there's even like some dance and dub elements in there. That just mean that it's always changing. Um, I'm not going to go through every song that I like because I would have to take up most of this episode. But um, I think the I know there's a little intro song, but the way it kicks off with "Wicked and Bad," it, it's just such a hammer of a song um i love the verse about digging up maggie thatcher and asking her where the milk went i think that's fantastic <laughs> um, it's just great i also think pretty songs comes from a really interesting place i think it's sort of um a challenge to other artists who put out liberal protest protest songs but don't do much else um can't help but feel this is a bit of a dig at idols and i think that's pretty fair you you, you both know i've had my sort of ups and downs yeah about them and how they get their message out. And I think something that stood out to me about this album, the Bob Villain album, is if you compare it to something like Idols, it feels so much more authentic. It feels like it comes from a place of experience rather than just um, 
saying slogans for, for likes on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I think another really important point about Bob Dylan is they're not one note, like maybe bands like Idols can be at times. Um, each song does have a different note. There are some real punk songs, but if you think of Health is Wealth, for example, the, the song about why you should eat fruit and drink ginger, it's, it's almost a reggae <laughs> song in the beats. Um, and I really like that. And I don't know if you've, either of you, I'm assuming, I'm making a guess here. I'm guessing Sam hasn't gone and digged into the Bob Villain videos. But um, if you watch the video to Health is Wealth, it's great. It's literally just the the singer dancing and rapping in front of a pile of fruit in his kitchen. And <laughs> to me, it kind of does everything that I think this band does really well. Like there's no frills. There's there's nothing over the top. They're just making good songs, keeping things quite simple and, and saying what they need to say. And yeah, I absolutely loved it. Um, and I, I doubt that's a surprise to either of you. But yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Who wants to go? Cool. Um, I, I can jump in. I I also thought this was a really interesting and fun album that just was incredibly engaging. Mm. I don't... I struggle to think of... An, well, there have been few albums that have been quite so relevant as well. It's it, mm. like hearing them go through these kind of takedown of like right-wing government and how they undermine the working class, the monarchy... Also, yeah. but also, like you said, the kind of inability of the left wing to do anything, just mm. ineptitude. Having that just after like the Jubilee and also mm. the the Johnson surviving just the vote of no confidence and coming out saying everything's great still <laughs> is it's just it's it's just been so such like a weird backdrop to have this album too and just be like mm. this is just like they're speaking so many truths right now um musically like you said it's incredibly diverse and i it reminded the kind of the big drums and the, the like in your face riffs remind me a little bit of uh the band slaves more than anything else i'd say okay. um which i know I, th I feel like you've covered but maybe before I... no no i think nick was a fan but we never actually got to them on the podcast so i oh, don't okay. know them too well i know a few songs but i don't know them too well yeah, they're, like, they're good, they have their moments, but I feel like this, with the messaging, is so much more effective. Mm. Um, while a band like that, which is um, more like traditional punk, is more um, just trivial in what they're trying to say. Um, mm. And then, yeah, you've got things, other songs on, on here, which like Take That, which has more big beats on it, which is like Prodigy almost, and it's just relentless and mm. in your face. Um, I think the, to me the standout is GDP um, yeah. it's just a fantastic song um, but I think the overall like you, like you say the comparison to Turnstile is actually kind of interesting because I think what you're saying is correct it, it mixes a lot of genres really really successfully and it mm. is very British and more I'd say more punk um, and at times maybe a, a bit sloppier um, and it may be a bit more uneven, but there's, it's, it's, um, I think all round is a winner, um, as, as an album. I think that sloppy is interesting to cut that video I'm talking about. If you watch it, I think if you, if you had it with the volume turned down, you would say, God, that's sloppy, <laughs> but it kind of makes sense with their aesthetic, mm. I think, and the way they do things. Yeah. It's more, it's much more punk. Mm. It's more, yeah. Yeah. Genuine punks right. instead of idols punks yeah yeah exactly um 
yeah, Sam, what do you think? Yeah, um, I feel like we, we've listened to lots of things that the word punk gets mentioned and like lots of punk adjacent things and like the whole post-punk as a genre thing. And like th- this podcast has had all sorts of things like this. This is the only album that I've heard in any of that time that I would describe as punk. Okay. Like this, this is like relevant, direct to the point, actually saying something and like hard hitting truths. Like it feels like the sort of album that I feel like you would, you two would listen to and go like, Sam's not really going to like this. And yet th- this was so, so good. Like amazing. The, mm. Because I'm sorry, that's amazing to hear. Because, yeah. because it is saying something and mm. it's so engaging. Um, I, I, I really like that you picked up on like the timing of this, Matt, because yeah. for me, like, like I was traveling home to go to a thing with my like family and we were having a thing at the same time as the Jubilee. And it's like, and I'm listening to a song like Take That, which for me is the highlight. Like I could pick any lyric on that song and like that, there's a lyric where it's like wipe my backside with a St. George's flag, let the yeah. mother country get dicked down. And I was like, they're, they're actually like, <laughs> they're, they're saying so much and it's so on it. And it's, it's so kind of, it was so immediate for me when hearing it. Um, that, that it's, it's such a great record to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think it's for everyone. I do, I do think there's people who would think that it goes too far. Mm. Um, and I think I like that it goes far lyrically and not just, you know, the, the, like there's people that will, the music won't actually be that outrageous, but then they do things like performances that are a bit outrageous and they, like, they make it seem like it's more than it is. Whereas with them, yeah. you said that honesty, like, they are just putting it on the thing. I, I love that they talk specifically about the fact that like kids growing up and not having the right food in their, in mm-hmm. their diet and like how that's a systemic thing. Um, that you can tell that these are intelligent people. They're not angry people that are just saying things because it makes them seem cool. This is, this is a very specific statement about specific things and on the and other if, side of that, Sam, they're not—they're not saying it just for attention. They're no, not saying it to make no. a point. They're saying it because they believe it is what I feel of it. Like I—I I yeah. love that. I love that bit where it's like that. Um, there's like a interlude called like censored, and then that goes straight mm. into turn off your radio. I find that such a powerful moment because it's like it—it's it, just full of like bite and real energy, and. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, I much preferred the moments that were like a lot more bassy, a lot more, um, mm. maybe more of a hip hop sound um, yeah, to, yeah. To, to it. Um, I think the bits where they're a bit more straightforward with the the kind of like punk rock, I think are slightly less mm. successful. I think lyrically they're, they're still the same as everything else. But for me, I, I really, really engaged with the ones that had lots of bass that were very like danceable mm. because it kind of really amps up that juxtaposition between what they're saying and and one thing that re- that I really enjoyed is that sometimes with this sort of thing if 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 they're saying all these things it the the actual words can get lost a little bit with like mm. this like anger or this the energy is like just 
angry man shouting. It never ever feels like that. It's it's so kind of placed the way that they that they're saying these things, and anybody who heard it would know would be able to understand it and mm. understand exactly what they're saying at every point. There isn't like, oh, that the, the energy is the point. It didn't feel mm. like that. This feels like an album that you listen to. Mm. Um, so I, I really enjoyed this. It, it, it's not at all what I... I had no expectations going in. Mm. So I did not know what this was going to be. And then it started and I was like, what is this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is wild. I had a funny sneaking suspicion this was going to be the sort of punky, angry album that you did like. So well, I don't um, think it's it. It weirdly, it's it's not angry because well, it's angry, it's, but it's not like it's not angry in that it's like every it's moment real. of it is screaming. But it's angry in that they are angry about yeah the world and they're angry about what's happening. But they're presenting it in a way that doesn't sort of just yeah. like you're saying. Sometimes they just scream and get lost, but they don't do that. They yeah, they make yeah. a point. Yeah, it's in a way it's, that real people, real people's experiences are mm. being said in this music. So, and I think that's an important bit of it. To me, the music and the lyrics were both excellent. Mm. It wasn't like the the kind of like the music doesn't really matter because we're saying something, which I get from a lot of other things. Mm. Whereas, it really feels like musically it really works alongside what they're saying and it, it makes it much more engaging. And um, yeah. Amazing. Loved it. Finally got cool. Simon to, into yeah. punk. We've done yeah. It. Yeah. Well, is it going to open the gateway or is this just going to be it? <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, yeah. he's, he's done his little dad rock, um, you know, evolution. So maybe it's, it's time. There's still time. Definitely. Who knows? Right. Well, we'll go back to Sam. And yeah. is there an album on here that is maybe your favorite that isn't maybe Bob Villain? Yeah, absolutely, definitely. I okay, so ASAP Rock Labor Days. Mm. I listened to this walking home one day from work. Like I, mm. I was just I'd been listening to the playlist. I'd listened to a few of the other things, and I was like, I hadn't got round to this. Um, and I genuinely had to like stop, like in the street. Like I, I have not done that in, I could not believe what I was hearing. I don't know if I'd had a terrible day at work and I was like, <laughs> it didn't take much or this was like this incredible moment. And when I went back to it again, the, this is just incredible. I, I can't explain how much I loved this album. Um, it's he's so engaging his flow and the way that he builds these storylines and these lyrics is so engaging and then the production is so it, it's it's timeless in that way that there was quite a few hip hop albums of this era that i feel like did this did a similar thing where the production was so kind of relevant to the time and yet future proof um I think it's really interesting that this came out. I'm, I'm sure this came out the week after the blueprint, um, Jay Z. Yeah, and I, I find it like fascinating this like year in hip hop because I think there's a couple of other albums that were like really huge that year. Um, I love love I, I love the way that it's like this like working life concept album, um, but then every song has its own impact. Um, 
the song No Regrets, that is just the storytelling on that is just incredible. Like I've I've had to sit through so many Eminem albums and people tell <laughs> me that he is amazing, that he's an amazing storyteller, that like white rappers, that he's the only Eminem who's amazing. Like, and I'm like, this guy is doing all of this and he's also not he's managing to not be sexist along the way. He's managing to not say <laughs> yeah. all of these offensive things and be this good. Um, the main thing that it reminded me of was, and I could see the influence instantly, was that guy that's in Hamilton, David Diggs, and Clipping. Yeah, I, I think yeah, yeah. His flow like, is taken directly from this guy like there's there's so much it's the theatricality with the way he like uses words and um i think that just really resonated with me so i i this is the best classic that's ever been on this podcast mm, and that, that is I, I can't explain how much better this is than anything else um better than and, for franklin yeah because i i personally feel like as an album this this is more of a complete experience. And mm. I, what I don't want to do is go listen to like his other things and then be like, oh, this is all bad. And mm. I don't think I will, but um, I hope this isn't like his only amazing moment because um, I've, mm. I've avoided it while I was listening to this. Like, oh, this, is, this is so good. Like I, I, I can't thank, genuinely thank you enough for, for including this. Mm. Like it was so good. Nice. That's that was a raving success. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> raving success. No, good. Well, I yeah, it's like, so much more positivity on this episode already ooh. than I expected. But yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, I I um I also really like this album. I I thought it's kind of a kind of grungy hip hop that we haven't covered before. I was also thinking about clipping and yeah. some other. I think um the record label Doomtree Records has a as similar kind of artists that are making this kind of more broody and yeah like darker uh hip hop that is um more i guess i yeah i don't know how to describe it but um yeah i i i put pick this purely based on the fact i saw a pl- like a, a chart at one point where someone had listed him as the most lyrically diverse hip hop artist mm. by by quite a substantial way um and so, and I like I'd heard one of the songs before, um, off a different album, which I also really really liked. So, so maybe maybe some of the other albums are also good. Um, but but yeah, diving into this album specifically, it is just it is just jam packed with like wordplay. His lyrical dexterity is kind of crazy because he is using all these different like rhyme schemes and things like that while managing the the flow he feels relaxed the entire time even when he's going at like double mm. time mm. um and he accelerates and decelerates with such ease it doesn't feel like he's exerting himself while while doing the, the doing this at all and so i like i really enjoy that like his voice but then uh, as sam was saying the, the beats are also really uh really really great accompaniment to it because they're also super dense and they're super layered yeah and mm-hmm. so it feels very cinematic. Um, it reminded me, the like more modern comparison of this, it feels like the way that um, LP builds stuff for Run the Jewels. 
it yeah, feels also definitely. very like kind of old school but also like has all these different layers and it, it's very intricate um and so i i think the i wouldn't go as far as sam <laughs> i was a bit much it, sorry yeah um i did thoroughly enjoy it i i do think it's like my regular complaint the album's over an hour only just but it's it's a bit long and especially when it's so dense mm. um it, it it's a lot it's, I can imagine this album being quite intimidating. Um, and it is, again, because it's quite dense, I can Im- also imagine, um, like, uh, the first few times I listened to it, I wasn't, like, I, I was hooked into a few of the songs, but I wasn't hooked into the album as a whole. Um, but there are also some, yeah, like, I was hooked into some specific songs because some of the songs are also just bangers, like um, mm. Daylight with i think yeah um, yeah it's a well i i'm assuming i feel like i've heard that before um and it's i think it does stand out from the album a little bit um maybe too much but yeah yeah i i think it's great it was a great album i was really happy to dig into this and i um, am gonna listen to a little bit more of aesop rock yeah okay um well in a weird way i agree with both of you like in terms of i do think it's definitely one of the best classics we've done um it's definitely up there but i also do matt used the word dense about 412 times there yeah and and that's good because it's in my notes (laughs) the word dense is the word i've used most i think my issue that i had with this album this month was that i don't have the time or the energy to sit down and really (laughs) listen to everything he's saying so I'm yeah. listening to this album. I'm loving the beats of the album. I'm loving his flow. I'm loving everything about it. But I'm also knowing that I'm missing out on quite a lot. And I feel like you need a real dedication to fully appreciate that. And maybe Sam, you sounds like you got that this month. Maybe on that walk where you stopped in the street. But I feel like I'm still, I'm still skirting on the surface a little bit with it. And I feel like I need to, I need to spend more time with it. But. I've actually written in my notes that it's the first album in a long time that's made me regret the way I listen to music because I tend to, I have all these playlists full of like new releases, full of albums I'm listening to for the podcast, albums I'm reviewing, albums that I'm sort of deciding what's in my top albums of the year. And I kind of wish I sometimes just would throw all that stuff away and just spend a a week with an album like I used to, because I think this is what this album sort of needs in a way to really, really understand it. But saying that, it's got some of my favourite hip-hop beats I've heard in a long time. Um, you guys are both named Daylight and No Regrets. They're both fantastic. I love Save Yourself. I love 9 to 5 as Anthem. Um, I think the interesting thing for me, this album was right in the middle of the era when I was most obsessed with hip-hop um, in my sort of late teens, early 20s. And Sam's already mentioned that a lot of albums came out that year, but it's in the middle of the sort of Eminem albums, Um Sam's just mentioned the negatives of Eminem, but I actually see a lot of similarities between this and Eminem um, in terms of the storytelling and some of the Eminem stuff that maybe isn't as familiar or isn't as popular. And I still probably should do a why I love on Eminem because he, he is problematic, but he's also done some fantastic stuff. Um, and he is a fantastic st- storyteller and there was some similarities there. And I also felt some of the cadence and flow remind me a bit of Cypress Hill. I don't know if you of you are that familiar with Cypress mm. Hill. I can hear that. But, yeah. yeah. But I, I, so I felt that. And I think um, some of the beats reminded me of sort of Dre's beats as well. So I think it's kind of, it's a more political, serious side of hip hop at the time, but it's certainly got a lot of that in common with, with the music I loved then. Um, 
so yeah, I'm, I'm really glad we listened to it. Um, every time we pick a hip hop classic, I, it, it makes me think, why didn't I listen to this in the day? For yeah. Biggie and Nas and this. I, yeah. and the only one that didn't get me in, and there'll be people listening who will think I'm mad, but I, I didn't love the Mad Villain one that we did. But um, other than that, every time we pick a hip hop classic, it, it does get me. But this is dense and it's so jam-packed with ideas that I think it's kind of the kind of album that if you stick it on five years down the line, you'll still be hearing new things. Um, but I think yeah. it's worth it. I think it's good enough to do that. So yeah, very good. Nice. I kind of thought we'd I, have more disagreements today. It's not happening so far. No, but. no. I think the the density is why also it's not as maybe as big as it could have been. Yeah, it's, be. it's not yeah. that accessible. I saw quite a bit online saying that like he's very inaccessible for a lot of people mm. and they find like, it, it sounds like this isn't one of the albums where he kind of uses massive vocabulary and like kind of lots yeah. of different things this is actually one of his most accessible um which <laughs> maybe if we listen to some of the others it'll be like wow this is <laughs> there's a lot going on i did um, a similar little google because i was i was trying to understand yeah. the sort of him and eminem because they do there is some real beat like influence yeah, yeah and that's I why i mentioned him yeah 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 i was trying to understand what came first so i was doing a google and i got found this little like reddit conversation where people were arguing about how pretentious yeah, Aesop yeah. Rock was and, compared to Eminem and how, and then others were saying, well, Eminem is very basic compared to Aesop Rock and it's kind of that thing of, is it pretentious? I don't think it's pretentious. I didn't find it pretentious, but I can understand why people would no, see it that way. No, but maybe if you're having that direct comparison, like literally song for song at the same mm. time, it you can get that. But um, yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd be interested to see if, if any of us like the other things because if we haven't really engaged with it, don't know. Yeah. yeah yeah normally one of us would have dived mm. into the older stuff it by makes, now it makes me feel really ashamed because like i would tell people like oh yeah i like hip-hop music i like yeah i like rap music and then that the actual people that i'm talking about it's like i don't know anything <laughs> like, <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> out of it i'm like who is this person and then i listen to it and i'm like why have i never listened to this this is incredible yeah. i think like rocky's got up. a lot to to yeah answer for for this because people think it's the same person you feel like you're missing like a part of history and then Mm. there's a big he's clearly played a big part in a lot of other people's careers like as Mm. an influence and we don't know that until we listen to it so yeah yeah cool well um i might jump in now and and talk specific i'll I'll start with tumbling with the album i don't know who needs to hear this and I think I'm hoping the next two albums we will have a little bit more to disagree about. And so <laughs> I I thought this was a very nice album. I thought it I liked the voice. I liked the atmosphere. It's very kind of light, light piano and, and it leaves a lot of space, which I think worked in a lot of the songs. But you get like two thirds of the way through the album and you realize that the album's kind of just drifting away for me um albums like this i find it's like very obviously it's very folky for for me for an album like this to work i need to get like a literal visceral response i want it to give me goosebumps or to feel like i get a gut punch for me to be really engaged with it Mm. which i know is a super high bar (laughs) (laughs) um i'm basically wanting it to stop me in the street like uh, aesop rock did for for sam and it, it doesn't do that 
it's it's barely there for a lot of the album um i feel like sunstruck is maybe almost threatens to do this it has a nice build it feels like it's going somewhere and then it peters out um and then just as it's kind of about to drift away into nothingness and then i say this album is just not even worth listening to (laughs) there's a couple songs at the end which i think are in like worth my time and so that's uh stoned and happy accident as a pairing are really really nice um i think they'd make a stellar like ep by themselves <laughs> um specifically like stone is stone is i think is clearly the best song on the album um it has these really cool rolling drums and her voice is just so much more oomph compared to the rest of the time um and then happy accident has this really like hazy and rich guitar and i feel like there's a specific like uh, pull-off for the guitar that i really liked the way it sounded um but it, like I'm really like digging into aspects of the songs because that like I needed that to get me through it and to re-listen to the albums. Um, and really, if I wanted to listen to something like this, I would probably just put on a Lucy Dacus album <laughs> instead. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I felt with this. It was like it's it's a nice thought, nice idea, but there's just there's other better stuff for me. Okay. Um, who wants uh, let's go, Sam. I'll go. Um, yeah, I think um, I wrote down really enchanting voice, um, which in this genre should be like a really like positive thing, but it's kind of like a given. <laughs> this is mm. that's the kind of genre that this is. Um, I think I like how a lot of it is quite stark, maybe even like haunting. Um, and it's good that those sections kind of allow the bits where it like swells a bit more and there's a there's a, a bit more of a like build up. They they hit harder because of that. Um I, I like there's a song Starstruck, I quite liked that one. Um I like the instrumentation on it. But yeah I, I kind of agree that it this this album has been done and that it do, is being done by other people slightly more more engagingly um i think the comparison to like the likes of like phoebe bridges does it in a bit more of a like rocky way mm. um lucy dacres is a good comparison um like I, I like the way it uses saxophone alongside the acoustic stoned is by far the best song and for me feels like the finale and yeah. then it's it's so climactic that song and then and then when I'd go, I'd look down down at my phone and just assume that the album was going to end. Then there's like four more songs. And for me, it just doesn't work because it feels like the album has really reached a peak. And I I wonder if I'd have enjoyed it more if it really just built and built to that moment because it's so much better than everything else around it. Um, That then I just don't feel like the last few songs really kind of fit maybe if they were appeared before i'd enjoy them more but yeah i I kind of end up feeling let down by the end of the album um so yeah it's it it, yeah it's kind of just there (laughs) on this on this playlist it 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 was just there like you've got some big big sounds going on and big big um diverse sounds and this was very kind of one note um yeah Well, I don't know where I landed. We definitely have our first dis. Well, not the first. We have a disagreement, 
But I, I think this is a fucking astonishing album. Um, like, it, well, mm. it's, it's pretty much to say it's pretty much a textbook example of my taste. Um, so I, I, I would have expected people to think I would like this. Um, I actually, yeah. I don't know if you'd heard a debut um, I review. No. But, um, on paper, that was something that I should also have loved, but I didn't really get into that. Um, I tried. So I thought by like including this here, um, it would force me to listen enough that it might grow on me because she's, you know, she's got a real sort of cult following. So there must have been something there, but I, I didn't need any time to get into this album. Um, you, you guys have both picked out the same standout song, but I, I totally disagree. Um, the first time I heard the opening song, Easy, I, I knew I was going to love this album. I love everything about that track. I think the percussion's amazing, the piano the slow build and i think just the chorus is fantastic um in a way it actually reminds me of a the national song although i think the voice will be more palatable to people who don't like the national um and there are you to both you've both hinted at there being clear influences and you've actually both mentioned people that i've got on my list here um obviously phoebe bridges is an influence and this album is more uh sort of it's got a more pop element than the last one. It's got a bit more of a Phoebe Bridges tone to it. Um, but actually, I think Colette Caller and Happy Accident um, remind me more of the work that Phoebe's done with Boy Genius than they do her own music, yeah. um, which is, you know, great. I don't really like Julian Baker on her own because I'm, I'm not like, keen on her voice, but Happy Accident sounds like a Julian Baker song to me. Um, I also heard some Angel Olsen influence. Um, and I don't know if either of you know Alayla Diane, but I could hear that. Um, but all of that's not to say that she's this album felt derivative or samey to me. It, it felt quite distinct. Um, I think the way she uses the piano and the way she lays the percussion adds some really interesting dynamics as well as this as the use of strings. Um, this is gonna you you both gonna love this after everything you said about it. But this is actually album of the year contender material for me. It's, really? it's, Surely not. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely in my top five or six of the year so far. Yeah, um, I, I knew you'd like this. <laughs> I, you're so very predictable, but like this, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I bought it. I, I bought it. I've got the Bob Dylan as well. So we've got two two records on this playlist. But I bought this. I. I yeah, I always buy my records from Record Culture. Um, and I emailed him about halfway through the first time I heard the first song because I knew how much I was going to love it. So, <laughs> But I think there are three songs that really elevate it. I think we've meant, I've mentioned Easy. Um, there's a song called Tap, which I think is the third song, which is just incredible. Like, it's it's really different. It's kind of got some influences I've not heard before. I think it's that's a really special song. Um, and I think it shows off like her invention. And, and I also love... The closing song, which is the title song, um, it's just a great way to end an album. So yeah, I was I was blown away. I expected Sam to like it more than he did. Um, I, I didn't expect I, Matt to like it at all. But I, um, I, did, <laughs> I did like it. Like as in, it, it was nice. But I just think this is being done by other people much better than this. Um, it didn't. I it didn't. Give me like, me. I don't know that it is. Like I think it's kind of. Um, Do you not think this is? way way so not at the level of someone like phoebe bridges but it's different to phoebe there's only a couple of songs on there that it's not that say. different really it's different in that phoebe bridges is she's aiming for a different sound i think and it's kind of there are a couple of songs on here that are very phoebe bridges but then there's a lot that phoebe wouldn't do in terms just, of the sort of more may, payback stuff maybe it was the rest of the playlist because mm. other things are so kind of on it and direct yeah yeah um, i think if like for me this is my for? genre of music isn't it so it's kind of oh yeah, yeah. it stood out yeah. to me on the playlist whereas i can imagine it getting lost in, in quite a big 
a big sounding playlist, but I, yeah, yeah, I love it. Well, you um, also dig into this more, so you, you see the nuance yeah. in this. Well, for me, I'm like, the times that I'd put on a Lucy Dacus album would be the same times I'd put this on. It would be, yeah, this is and so than Lucy Dacus has done. Yeah, I know you don't like her as much. I do, and I, I like Lucy Dacus. I love the last album, but this is better than anything no. she's done. <sighs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> Just is. Sure. Sure. And, and also, she's supporting Tomlin's supporting Angel Olsen when I go to see her in November. So I'm just, I'm, I think I might die that day. Fran I might that. actually die that day. Yeah, that would be a good warm up for the show. It's like you don't want someone to upstage the main event. So. Well, she won't upstage Angel Olsen, <laughs> but she will be a very good warm up. Yeah. Right. Should we talk about the last album? Um, uh, who wants to start us off for Tank and the Bangers? Shall I start? I don't. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll start. Go so for it. this album sounded like someone squeaking over music that's made for Sesame Street. Um, There are a few decent moments, but for the majority of the time, I felt like I was either listening to children's music or a band that wants to be the Jackson 5. I think the track Anxiety is an early example of the squealy nonsense I'm talking about. It's very irritating. Um, Oak Tree sounded like it was going to be okay for a little while when she was actually singing, and then it's really ruined when she starts squeaking again so yeah I, I quite like the, the chorus of that song but then it, it doesn't get any better what the fuck is that marge simpson song all about i mean why <laughs> just singing that voice during that song as well and, and this cafe de monde is one of the most cheesy intolerable songs i've heard in quite a while uh th- there was a few songs there was communion in my cup no id stolen fruit they were okay but they didn't make up for how annoying songs like Big and Jellyfish are. So, yeah, it's a pretty strong no for me. And then the most interesting thing about this album is it's really varied, but it managed to be really annoying in about 12 different genres. So <laughs> that's all I've got to say about it, really. Um, I really strongly wish I'd never heard this album. Um, it wasn't as bad as Arcade Fire, but it was close. My picks have done well with you today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Smashed it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll dive in. So I went backwards and forwards with this album quite a lot. I for similar reasons. I also wrote like at times it does sound like the intro to a Nickelodeon cartoon, <laughs> which isn't necessarily a good thing. As as great as I think like the Rugrats intro is, like <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily what you want in your album. No. Um, but then other times it's so joyful uh, that it felt kind of irresistible. Um, and so, like, and I, I say joyful, like, some of the subject matter is kind of heavy, but it feels like whatever they're doing, they're having fun making the music, which really transcends through it. Um, despite whether they're doing, like, the more heavier hip-hop or the kind of slower, more soulful stuff. Um, I I'm think sorry, but that... heavy and hip-hop don't belong in a sentence about this album, but carry on. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, I think I think Fran also ID most of the good songs. Communion in My Cup, pretty good. No ID, Stolen Fruit, pretty good. Um, the confusing songs that I had are the same ones. Who's in Charge, <laughs> which is the Simpsons one. Wow. And then the one with Cathy Dumont, which also like they're aiming at this like weirdly sultry song. And I, I don't know if you guys know what Cathy Dumont is, but it's it's like a tourist trap that sells coffee and beignets in yeah. New Orleans. It's like, it's not 
like off the beaten track. <laughs> I feel like that song's also a cover, though. I feel like I've heard that song before. Really? So I don't know if maybe once it was something different. Um, I feel like that's yeah. yeah maybe I feel like that's the... an older song. Maybe, maybe. But oh it, it, well, it doesn't update well. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it manages as an album. It manages to feel long, even though it's not, which is not a good sign. But yeah, I feel like I could maybe take some of the good songs out and make a nice little EP out of it, just like uh, <laughs> just like Tumbling. <laughs> but but as a whole, I'm like, nah, it's yeah, it's hard. What do you reckon, yeah. Sam? Yeah, so like this album is like exhausting. Like no matter what mm. way you look at it, whether that's in a positive way or or a negative way, as it feels like both of you have found. Um, I I think the main performer, so like Tank, they they're kind of that's how they're known. Mm. I, I think they're they're very dynamic, and I feel like that's quite infectious throughout most of it. Um, I picked this because. Tank and the Bangers were like nominated for like best new artists at the Grammys a few years ago. Mm. I had no idea who they were. I listened to the album at the time and I was like, this is just utterly insane. And then this, I was like, oh, they've got a new album. I'll, I'll pick this. I'll actually give it some time. And like, genuinely, I'm so happy that I listened to this album just for that Simpsons song because it's, <laughs> it's weirdly just so iconic to me the the lyrics on that song like marge simpson with the blue hair marge, marge simpson with the nice ass i i have been <laughs> quoting that in my head like i just oh. it's so awful and yet i just i can't get enough of it, it it's just like <laughs> if i saw that being performed i would be loving every minute it's it's like so wild <laughs> that song with big frida big that you have mentioned like, mm. if you've heard anything by Big Frida before, that is what all of the songs sound like. It's just <laughs> pure chaos. It's just like someone making it up on stage, just kind of like, what is going on? There's just all sorts of things going on. And that's kind of what this album feels like. It feels like um, like if like Lizzo or like Janelle Monet made an album, but like they didn't have any of the like artistic like kind of elements to it so it was just just all over the place um and i feel like in some ways i enjoyed it it was quite a refreshing moment on this whole playlist i think stolen fruit is probably the fate is the best song on it and um, mm. even though it, even that one kind of feels like a like a like an ad jingle <laughs> and, you know, yeah. it has like that soulful, like do 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 kind of yeah. thing to it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's this album is just so weird and really stood out amongst all of these other things on this playlist. Um, maybe I just needed uh, like some relief from the seriousness of some of the other things, or the I don't know. Um, I didn't enjoy it. But I'm not saying <laughs> that it's like horrendous. No, I, I, was... I feel like we're all kind of on the same page. But I, these feel like people that would be like fun to know. Yeah, but then I'm on you a don't, different page. You don't want to like actually spend loads of time with them. Mm. Like you'd go out with them once and then. They're good friends sort of... of friends. Not yeah, the yes. annoying person from <laughs> yeah, work who comes for a couple of shots. Absolutely. Mm. Chaotic. That is the word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you know, so 
I, I I'm quite glad we covered them, even though it's yeah, mixed feelings. Because I've heard about them for a long time. Because they won the what was it NPR's Tiny Desk Contest. Yeah, yeah. So that's how they made yeah. their name. Um, but I wasn't necessarily expecting this. Neither was I. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, how did we think about this uh, this month's playlist? Then, what do you reckon, uh, Sam? Yeah. So. I mean, obviously there was two albums I think are very good. One of which is extremely good. Um, and then the others were kind of a bit of a mixed bag. So I don't know. Um, I feel like I kind of need to exclude Arcade Fire from my thoughts on it because I wouldn't <laughs> probably have listened to that anyway. Um, yeah. And kind of, I kind of thought that was what the album was going to be anyway. It wasn't a big surprise. Whereas the others, uh, I just cannot get over that Aesop Rock album. So uh, (laughs) the rest of it could have been absolute dog shit. And I would still be like, this is better than most playlists. But that's how much I was really into it. But I've really got a lot from the Bob Villain as well. So... Mm. Um, that's the big yeah. win of today. That's the that's the only thing that yeah. matters to me. Like I'm not gonna listen to some of the shit them. you make you say is punk elsewhere because all this has done has backed me up. That's how I, I think feel. it's the first album we've had on the podcast in quite a long time that actually I would say is punk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was the Amel and the Sniffers one, which I know you hated. That oh, is a punk. Oh god, album. that was but... awful. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. No, it was great. It wasn't as good as Bob Dylan though. No, um, no. For me, I'd say three albums that I absolutely loved and two that I hated. So I'd say that's a win. Three, two, it's a win. Yeah. Decent yeah. playlist. If I skipped uh, Arcade Fire and Tank of the Bangers, if I skipped Sam's choices, I like this playlist. Sorry. Lot. Yeah. I, I would, <laughs> similar, similar feelings. Cause actually having, getting a couple albums that I really, really like is much more important than having five albums I'm middling about. Yeah. Um, so I'd much rather have these two these two um, albums with Aesop Rock and Bob Villain that I genuinely will listen to more of their music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the other three, well, I just carry on being disappointed with Arcade Fire. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the others, I'm just yeah. It's I've I've, I've learned my lesson about them now, and I just won't listen to them again. So it's all good. <laughs> Actually, I think I think you've just up you've just graduated this album a little bit for me. This playlist because. I loved two of the, well, three of the albums. So actually, the fact that I hated two, it's still a very good playlist if you discover three albums that you love. So, yeah, yeah, it, was yeah, good, yeah. it was a good playlist. Yeah, I'm happy. Great. Cool. So, we're now to the last section, and that's going to be me talking about The Knife and specifically the album Silent Shout. And so, I'm going to start specifically with a, a memory that involves Fran of me realizing how much oh, really? I liked the. I like the knife. Yeah. Okay. And that was Jesus Christ, because I don't remember this already. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure you don't remember this, but it was just a moment of sitting in uh the rampant lion, um mm-hmm. getting some cheap drinks, and the knife's the um song Heartbeats came on. And mm-hmm. it was the first time I'd heard the original version of that song. And that song isn't even on this album. Yeah. Um and it was famously covered by Jose Gonzalez. Um, and that was the first time I was like, oh, this, like, I really, really like this song. Um, I need to find out who made made this song. And 
even though it was at that point, I think three or four years later, or like after that song had originally come out and a couple years after this album had come out, um, it, I feel like it started something for me. And so the reason I really picked this album is it might not be the best stuff that's been made by, um, uh, by these artists. I, I actually think I prefer the Fever Ray, Fever Ray project, which is um, one of the, um, the, the singer's solo project. But this was one of those albums that kind of opened up a genre for me and like really kind of broke open electronic music for me a little bit and create space for me to start to explore that in a way that was felt safe because it was so mm. close to like the indie rock and the synth indie synth stuff I was already listening to. Um, and so, yeah, like shortly after being in Rampant Lion in Manchester, I, I figured out who it was and then started like follow, following up and then listening to this album. And like some of the, the this is their third album, Silent Shouters, and their previous albums are also very good. But this one had so much more of a, a tone to it. It's weird. I'm I'm not sure like how how you guys are going to feel about it specifically, Fran. I think because of <laughs> the voice, <laughs> the voice is very like specific. It's very. Is that why you brought a memory about me to make me have to sort? Yeah, of... yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to right. feel nostalgic first. Mm. Um, and but the voice is very shrill. And that's before it's even like modulated into this kind of weird ethereal uh, presence that's in all of the songs. Um, and it adds this kind of non-human creepiness to it, to all the songs. But it means, I feel like it's been used much more as an instrument than much of the stuff I'd really been listening to at that point. Um, and so this album, like even though it's predominantly electronic, it, it has so much emotion conveyed throughout and it all feels very, like I said, it's creepy, but it's also very visceral. And again, it's an album that uses space in a really, really interesting way. And I, I thought it was, for me, I was interesting to listen to the Tomberlin album relevant to like mm. to bookend this because I thought Tomberlin started to use space in interesting ways, but I found it really not interesting when they, because when you use space, you've got to then drive something home, I find. And I think this album really uses the space to have it like as a counterpoint to these emotional um, anchors at the center of the songs. And in the Tomblin album, I was missing that personally. Um, but yeah, so this kind of this, like I was saying, this stark backdrop throughout the album and in songs like The Captain or Marble House really, really stand out. And then you also have other songs which are just pure chaos, like um, uh, We Share Our Mother's Milk. Um, and then for me, Silent Shout is maybe the best start to an album, maybe, or up there for me as like of all time. Because it starts off slow, it wow. builds, you, builds you in builds this massive crescendo crescendo and it's conveying everything about what this album is it has moments of chaos it has moments of just pure energetic release it tells you what kind of genres you're going to go through um, and so i think it, it's like a really well done in introduction and so yeah like why this album 
as I said, it's maybe not my favorite stuff done by them. But really, after this, I was then able to follow up and specifically what other projects they were doing. Um, I was also able to look back at other things which I've been listening to, or like my parents were listening to, like Gary Newman, and have a new uh, interest in it. Things like Craftwork, which I tried to listen to prior to prior to listening to this album, then made a lot more sense. Um, and I was able to just embrace a lot more um, of electronic music because of this. And so I think basically I'm saying I'm a bit dumb and I need like, <laughs> I need like stabilizers to be able to mm. understand new music. But this is what this this does for me. And it's almost um, exactly what you said about Jay Z with hip hop, right? So it is yeah, that kind yeah, of, it's, it is yeah. that kind of cornerstone album. And now, like this album specifically, and also the Fever Ray, um, the first Fever Ray album, um, are probably some of my most listened to albums because when I put this on, I can like almost like transcend and focus on what i'm doing whether that's where i'm working whether i'm like out walking somewhere or whether i'm biking it's it's like my default like i'm going to put one of these albums on and i'm going to be like i'm going to be able to get whatever i'm doing it's going to give me energy it's going to pet me up and it's i'm going to get whatever shit i'm doing i'm going to get it done um so that's why i love this album um i know i know sam's sam's uh has a little bit more experience with the knife and this album specifically so i'm going to start with sam and then we can finish with france yeah so i've i've definitely listened to this before um i think i listened to it based on the link with robin um i think they produced like one or two songs with robin uh, like her like breakthrough you know like the the second time she broke through with uh like who's that girl i think they produced that um so and it was also like album of the decade kind of territory i think i was listening to like loads of things from the 2010s um not 2010s 2000s that's what i mean um and it was like all over those lists so i must have listened to it but i don't remember it really um uh, yeah th- this is so like engaging and like um I've, like that that song you mentioned we share our mother's um health i i th- it's like barbing keyboards and like the altered vocals it's like you can really hear the influence that this that this era of music and this album specifically has had on so many of the more kind of left field dance artists of like now um, I think someone like Georgia that we've done on the podcast, you can hear yeah. exactly the influence from this this era of the electronic music where it's like they're taking it up another level from the stuff that people were doing in the 90s into the new world again. Um, and yeah, that, that idea of like it being like this otherworldly sound, like it's, it's not a human sound that you get no. from most of this record. <laughs> and I really like the wild moments. Um, like the whole time I was just picturing you like <laughs> dancing to this, like with like <laughs> the cool kids at like uni who like liked this sort of music. And that's clearly not the memory you've just talked about, but that no. is how I pictured you in my head. I didn't I hang was out like, with any cool kids. Because, because in I my head, this was at the mm. time, like, and even after when I first heard this, this is, this was way too cool for me. <laughs> like this is, this is way too much of kind of like 
the dance records that the cool kids listen to. That I am mm. not. I'm still on like pop mode. Um, but my final note is obviously that Fran is going to absolutely hate this album. <laughs> yeah, it, there's no yeah. way. There's no way you can come on here and and be honest and say that you like really love this. I I would be shocked. And I can well, say comparison it's to, not my the comparison thing. to Georgia is really the nail in the head. Yeah, yeah exactly. Buffer for that. <laughs> you just compared both of you compared it to a lot of artists that obviously I don't really love, you know. Um, and it's hard, you know. Whenever someone brings a a why I love, you want to you want to try your best to like it. Um, if it helps, I did like the song Neverland. Um, I feel oh, like I could stop one. there and not say anything else. Um, but I also feel like I've got a bit more permission to be honest because you didn't make a playlist. Um, yeah. I kind of wish you had made a playlist in a way because it, I actually, I know the cover of, um, well, it's not the cover. I know the Heartbeats song. Heartbeats, yeah, yeah. And I do like that. Um, yeah, this felt quite middle of the road to me. It felt quite bland. Um, I think they've got quite a distinctive sound. And I think if you like that sound, that's a good thing. I think if, you know, if I'm sat in a bar or a cafe, I'd know who it was as soon as it came on, particularly once the vocals started. But across the board, you, you're both talking about variation and maybe maybe it's because this isn't a genre that I spend a lot of time in. It felt very uniform. I didn't really see a lot of variation. And, and that sort of led to this album washing over me a little bit. Um, I made a bit more effort to engage with it because it was a why I love. But it wasn't something that I ever wanted to listen to. Um, I'm going to like do a bit of appealing to you, Matt, now to say that you know you, you have done my most success, successful why I love in the terms of the Big Thief one. Um, <laughs> this, you, know? you say this every time. <laughs> and you made one of my favourite playlists with the Dizzy Rascal. You know, you've you've done good things, but I could not get there with with this um, at all. It was kind of a uh, yeah, not for me. But you both identified that, so I don't feel too bad about it now. Um, yeah, I I wasn't expecting expecting you to turn into a lover of a lover of this anyway. Also, I I do I do when Sam talks about the cool kids, I do remember people trying to get me to listen to the knife, and there were always people who I was like, "Shut the fuck up, mate!" Sort of people. So yeah, they, they were you're very much no. kind of like that, like oh, you've not heard of this band, like that kind yeah. of vibe of people. Yeah, there's definitely that. Um, Even the title "Silent Shout" is a bit wanky, isn't it? Um, <laughs> ah, it's a cool title. <laughs> but I did like Neverland. Cool I did like Neverland. Yeah. So, thanks for introducing me to that. Sorry, nice. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll listen to that all the time going forward. Yeah, I probably won't ever hear it again. But yeah, um, cool, <laughs> cool. I hate being negative about the wild love. I, d- I do generally no, hate well, it. But... I, to be honest, I, I, the fact that you listened to it and you found one song that you were okay mm. with, I'm, I'm happy with because, okay, uh, cool. cool. And I, I would say, I would say, um, yeah, I wouldn't say you'd prefer their other stuff, but <laughs> I, I prefer generally. I'd, I'd lean towards Fever right now. It's my favorite production from them, and. Maybe, maybe you'd like that more. I doubt it. I think though. the interesting thing you talked about, though, when you talked about um, the use of space and how, like, you know, you compared it to Tumbling, and I love the way she uses space. So maybe there's something about that in terms of you talked about that there's, there always needs to be a payoff with space. I, I don't yeah. necessarily agree with that. Like, I remember I bought Aldous Harding um, to the Why I Love section 
and there isn't always a payoff. She just uses space in a very sort of captivating way. So maybe you always need a payoff in the same way that you can't stand um, fade outs at the end of songs. Um, <laughs> like you need a payoff. I don't always need that payoff. And I feel like there's maybe too much payoff sometimes. Yeah. With this. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But anyway. I have to work I have to work harder to get my approval. Okay. Fair play. Cool. So we're done. We're done. Um good playlist, I think, all round. Especially yeah. especially the, the knife at the end. Really good. Really good stuff. Um next time out, we have a guest joining us. And so we have uh Fat Roland joining us. Um and he is as as he's a guest, he's going to be picking the um, "Why I Love" the classic and one new release, and so his "Why I Love" is going to be Orbital. His um, classic is going to be Depeche Mode with "Speak and Sell," and the new release is going to be Modorat with "More Data," but spelled with a four because <laughs> it's cool. Why not? Um, I picked for a new release uh, Polyka. I think is how it's said, with madness. What did you go for, Sam? I picked um, 12 Carat Toothache by Post Malone. You said that so yeah. quietly as if you were ashamed. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I've picked uh, Preacher's Daughter by Ethel Kane. So, yeah. Cool. Um, well, so if, you, if you're fed up of listening to us, but also want to carry on paying attention to music you can check our blog on pickybees.com um, and then we'll catch you next time bye see you next time bye